Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the Village's Daily Sun Sports Podcast. I'm Nick Feely. I'm the sports editor at the Daily Sun. I'm here today with staff writers Drew Schultry and Cody Hills to break down Super Bowl 54, which we did not really get a chance to talk about in this week's regular episode. Of course, that game set for Sunday down in Miami between Kansas City and San Francisco. Guys, let's just start here. One of the first matchups that you kind of look at on paper with these two teams is that high-flying Kansas City offense led by Patrick Mahomes against the 49ers defense, which this year has ended up being one of the most stout in the league. Drew, which side do you see having the advantage in that matchup? I think it's hard to say that any unit has an advantage over the Kansas City Chiefs offense. It's been unbelievable to watch what Patrick Mahomes is doing. He and Andy Reid are just such a perfect mesh of ability and idea. And the two of them together, especially with all the speed that they have on that offense, and San Francisco not lacking for speed all across their roster, but the group that's around Patrick Mahomes just suits his abilities so well. They've constructed that roster perfectly to kind of maximize what he's able to do. And I don't know that there's any defense, even one as good as San Francisco's, that can quite match up with Kansas City's offense. And so everything is kind of about slightly limiting and then trying to match what they do, but I, I would definitely give Kansas City's offense the edge. I think, uh, and speaking on that side of the ball, I think for me the biggest matchup to watch when Kansas City has the ball against San Francisco defense is going to be how much pressure the front four of San Francisco can create. And they had 48 sacks during the regular season, which was six most, but they have nine in two postseason games already here in the playoffs. So I, I think they've been able to sustain, get pressure and sustain pressure throughout four quarters with their front four. I think they're going to obviously have to do that against Kansas City because, as we all know, if you give Patrick Mahomes any sort of time, I mean, you're just you're signing your own death warrant. So I think if trying to get him out of the pocket, even though, I mean, it's almost like a cheat code. It's I mean, it's like Patrick Mahomes is on all Madden mode all the time, you know, <laughs> and, and it's so tough to get him out of the pocket. He's still able to make plays. But I think that's the best chance for the San Francisco defense is to get him out of the pocket, get Nick Bosa chasing him around D4. Just try to have some of these guys get after him and, and really make him uncomfortable back there. That's going to be the best shot they have defensively. So flipping the script a little bit, when the teams change sides, we have a 49ers offense that is set to run the ball. We've seen that all year and especially in the playoffs. We have a Kansas City defense that's sort of been inconsistent in different ways throughout the season, certainly much better than last year's Chiefs defense. When the ball changes hands, which side do you see having the advantage there? Honestly, I, I don't think we're giving enough credit to San Francisco's offense, and I think what they're going to be able to do in this game, and not just us, I mean, we just started this episode, but I mean just nationally, some of the talking heads, I, I told Nick you know, before we started this, I'm not convinced on the Kansas City defense. I think they've been so inconsistent. I think they, they play so man-to-man heavy, too high safety look that I think it's going to open up a lot of underneath stuff especially in the past game, should San Francisco want to go there with George Kittle, the tight end position. And then I think running the ball, is, as it's been well documented, that's what San Francisco wants to do. 71 of their last 88 calls, saw some research done, have, have been run plays. 71 of their last 88 here in the postseason. So obviously want to run the ball. you got to go back to Super Bowl 21 for the last time a team eclipsed 200 yards rushing in a Super Bowl. And I think the 49ers are not only going to get that against the Kansas City defense that finished fifth and the most yards rush allowed per game in the AFC. Um, I think they're going to get 200-plus, and Raheem Mostert obviously going to chew up a lot. They're getting Tevin Coleman back as well. I think we spend so much time talking, and deservedly so, about Kansas City's offense, but San Francisco offense, guys, not to be slept on. I think it's a tough decision for Kyle Shanahan to make. The strength of that offense is to run the ball, and he's one of the best run scheming coaches and coordinators you know, of the last couple decades in the NFL. But – 
you talked about the inconsistency of the defense. The one thing they've done well consistently over the last six weeks, so the two playoff games and the four last weeks of the regular season, is stop the run. They're only giving up about 66 and a half yards per game over that stretch. And now they haven't faced a run scheme quite like Kyle Shanahan's, the ability that he has to mix and match different looks with the different running backs that they have, especially with what Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman have been able to do in the postseason. And he's going to have his full complement of backs, and he's also worked in Debo Samuel and some other things. So it's going to be a little bit different. It's not going to be a situation where it's like Tennessee where they're like, we're going to run Derrick Henry straight up the middle, and then Chris Jones says, okay, even at 80%, I'm up to that challenge. Uh, it's going to be a lot of different looks. And so whether or not Kansas City's run defense is able to keep up with that, I think will be interesting, but that is the strong suit of that defense. As far as the pass defense, which I think is the area that we all have concerns about on Kansas City's defensive side of the ball, Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been asked to do much of anything in the postseason and even the last few weeks of the regular season. They played New Orleans that second weekend of December, and he had, I think, his best game of the year, uh, over 300 yards, four touchdowns against one of the better defenses in the league, but since then really hasn't done a whole lot. And whether it's a matter of they're kind of trying to protect him and you know, only break glass in case of emergency with Jimmy Garoppolo's arm, or if maybe they're trying to play a little bit close to the vest and not reveal some of the passing plays and the schemes that they want to use down the stretch here, and obviously the Super Bowl being the end of that stretch, uh, will be interesting to see. But I think for Kyle Shanahan, the decision between using your strength against Kansas City's strength or going to Garoppolo and trusting him to try and win you the game. It's going to be interesting to see at what point maybe that has to shift or if they're able to scheme around the strength of Kansas City's defense. Yeah, people think of a, of a heavy rushing attack as sort of being a throwback in the way you reference the Tennessee Titans, and that's sort of how they made their surprise run in the right. playoffs. But the Niners' rushing attack really isn't a throwback. It's, it's a modern way of running the ball. Yeah. And really where sort of everybody was made aware of this attack was in the NFC Championship against the Packers where they just ran all over them, plain and simple. I'm curious to see how much of that was game script, how much Shanahan went to it early and decided, okay, this is working. I'm just going to keep doing it, and they never stopped him, versus what if the Chiefs start slowing that down early in the game? Then do they shift to a more balanced approach? That will be very interesting to see. Let's talk about the head coaching matchup a little bit. Both of them have very interesting stories and very different stories from their careers right now. Back to Andy Reid and the Chiefs. He has the seventh most wins in NFL history in the regular season. All six coaches ahead of him have multiple Super Bowl wins or multiple championships. He's been to one Super Bowl. When he was coaching the Eagles, he lost to the Patriots. Is this the year that Andy Reid can finally get that monkey off his back? And sort of he's become a, a bit of a fan favorite around NFL circles just because he, you know, he's a very nice guy and a, a veteran coach that everybody likes. Seems like everyone's kind of rooting for him to, to finally get that one. I know I am. Personally, I would like to see him get a Super Bowl ring. Again, you talked about all the guys that are ahead of him having multiple championships. I don't like the idea of Andy Reid with as great of a coach as he's been, being one of those guys who's mentioned as the best to not win a championship. I think that this is the year that it's all kind of shaken out for him. You got Belichick and Brady out of the way. There's no more Peyton Manning. Baltimore Ravens, supposedly the AFC favorites, get knocked out before that AFC championship game. It's really as clear of a path as Andy Reid's ever had to winning that championship game. And so I would really like to see, and this is maybe not the most complete roster he's ever had, but in terms of what he can control the offensive side of the ball, it's as good of a situation as he's ever had and the ability to you know, really maximize what he does best with Patrick Mahomes and that offense. And I think that they are going to give the best postseason performance that's in terms of a championship or Super Bowl 
game that Andy Reid's ever coached, I think that this group is capable of giving him that. So, Cody, on the other sideline, we have Kyle Shanahan, much younger, much earlier, especially in his head coaching career, just in his third year with the Niners now. He has appeared in a Super Bowl before. He was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons in the now infamous 28-3 game that they blew to the New England Patriots. I wonder how he sort of gets over that hump. He has experience now from calling plays in a Super Bowl, but certainly not leading a team into a Super Bowl. What is he up against here against Kansas City? I think, honestly, Kyle Shanahan is playing with house money almost. I think just because of – I mean, this is a – I think I saw ESPN call it a dream come true for him. Growing up with his father being the offensive coordinator for the Niners, I mean, he was a Niners fan growing up. There's even a story out there It was mentioned during Super Bowl week this week about – you know, him and his favorite Christmas gift he ever received was a signed Deion Sanders 49ers jersey. So I almost think he's playing with house money, and that's where I think he's going to really kind of open things up on Sunday. I think that he's kind of just playing with, I don't want to say reckless abandon, because we've seen how cerebral he is, not only with, you know, unveiling the zone blocking scheme in the run game that they use that's been so dominating. Obviously getting up 28-3 to in his previous Super Bowl experience with the Falcons, that was diabolical. It was cerebral. His, his game plan to start that game was incredible and obviously they started turning the ball over had some things fall apart there in the second half of that that Super Bowl when he was with the Falcons but I think it would mean a lot to him if not only for yeah kind of fixing the blip on his one career resume which I don't know how much we can put that on him obviously but I think what it would mean to him to lead the 49ers to the promised land I I don't know if we can put into words what it would mean to him and we touch on how how brilliant Andy Reid is but Kyle Shanahan's really brilliant himself in the the way that he's kind of, like I said, just kind of meticulated all sorts of different things, a bunch of different pieces, a bunch of different guys, and kind of really, I don't want to say a band of misfits because there's so much talent and speed on the offensive side of the ball, but he's sort of ingrained his philosophies, particularly that zone-blocking run scheme, and he's really kind of ingrained it into what what they have, and it's it's worked out beautifully, and, and it's ended up in a masterful performance that I think will have another beautiful piece to it come Sunday. I will say that if there's a case against the idea that Shanahan's playing with house money, it's Andy Reid, though, especially for a guy that wants to wipe out the memory of that 28-3 to game where he took a lot of the blame because of the play calling down the stretch where they took the ball out of Matt Ryan's hands with how potent that passing offense was and tried to run the ball and kill the clock against the Patriots. Andy Reid is the case against I'll have more chances because how long has it been 15 years give or take since Andy Reid's last Super Bowl appearance ask him how he feels about oh I'll have another shot so I think that Kyle Shanahan very much wants to win it's difficult to get back to a Super Bowl we saw how kind of loaded that NFC is this year and regardless of how easy it was for the 49ers to get through the two games that they played in the postseason you talk about every single one of those teams could be better again next year, and you never know when you're going to end up on the wrong side of a run like that. You mentioned Shanahan potentially being an Andy Reid. I think we have an even more recent example, and that's Sean McVay with the Rams last year because McVay is a young, offensive-minded coach that seemed to have an offensive scheme that was just going to overpower everybody, got to the Super Bowl, couldn't score, lost, and then did nothing this year. And so they also are similar maybe in, in highly paid quarterbacks that are not all that proven. Jimmy Garoppolo is, you know, they got a huge contract five games into his career. So it's still yet to be known whether he can actually be a quote-unquote Matt Ryan for Kyle Shanahan's offense. Now he's molded the offense to fit the Niners personnel. But I think the team building job by the 49ers maybe makes it a little more sustainable. They're not quite in the cap situation that the, the Rams have been in and right. sort of haven't been able to keep talent around. But with GM John Lynch, with Kyle Shanahan, with – relatively young and cheap contracts around the team I think maybe it won't collapse in quite the same way but certainly you're right it's not guaranteed that 
you know, he's going to have success next year or going forward. Let's talk about the quarterback matchup a little bit because they are a lot different. Jimmy Garoppolo has two Super Bowl rings as Tom Brady's backup in New England. This is really the highest profile game he's ever played in. Certainly, of course, it is for Mahomes, too. But Garoppolo, as you mentioned previously, isn't asked to do a lot in the Niners offense, especially when they are running the ball well. How do you think he holds up in a game like this where potentially they have to lean on his arm? And then on the other side, you know, Mahomes, we've seen him do impossible things on a football field. In a one-game sample, is it possible for the Niners to slow him down? I don't think there's, first of all, any qualms for Mahomes about going out on a big stage in a big game. I think that he's pretty much shaken all of those potential concerns you know, through the two years that we've been able to watch him. I think for Garoppolo, he doesn't strike me as someone who caves in a situation like that. Again, we haven't seen him in a game this big, and they were comfortably up in both of their playoff games this year, and he was not asked to go in that game. So I would be interested to see if they're down to Kansas City in the second half, if he has to throw them back into a game, what he's capable of doing. I don't think that mentally it will be an issue for him. I just wonder if he's going to be capable of doing that if it comes down to it. If he has to kind of even match a 75% Mahomes performance, you know, if he has to go for 275 and three touchdowns in this game because for whatever reason the run game isn't doing what it's been doing the last few games, I don't know how capable he is of doing that. And I would actually really like to see him have a chance to try and win that game for San Francisco. I think that the battle between the two quarterbacks is really one of the most compelling things in this storyline, and I hope that we get to see that kind of uncorked. I'm with Drew. I don't think whatsoever that you know this, this is going to be above Mahomes' shoulders. I don't. I don't think it's going to be his legacy is not anywhere in question with regardless what happens Sunday. And obviously, as Drew mentioned, I think you know if if Kansas City and Andy Reid if they're just going to put it on Mahomes' right arm, that's going to probably be enough if if they want it to. On the flip side, with Garoppolo. I think he's going to have to have an assist from Kyle Shanahan. I don't think, you know, Drew's questioning whether or not if he's going to be able to get it done, should it have to come down to him. I don't think he can, just from a little bit I've seen. I think he's going to need the assist from Kyle Shanahan. He's going to need the play-action game to open up. He's going to need to run game early in the game to open it up, kind of back some of that pressure off of Kansas City. Kansas City, it's no secret what they're going to do defensively. I mean, they're going to have Tyron Matthew roaming around with the safeties, too high safety look. They're going to play man-to-man on the corners. They've done a great job shutting receivers down. Now they've allowed a whopping amount of production to tight ends, and that's why we'll get into my X factor in a minute. But I think that underneath is where Garoppolo is going to have to live. And if they're going to be okay with taking the dink and dunk, I think it's going to be there because they are not going to have the opportunities to make big chunk plays like Kansas City will. One of the other factors for the two quarterbacks is the skill position players. I don't think anybody would argue that the Niners receivers or pass catchers in general are as talented as the Chiefs pass catchers. Maybe the equal at the tight end position, but certainly the Niners do not have a receiver that can match up to Tyreek Hill's speed and just skill. So we've talked about the coaches, we've talked about the quarterbacks, we've talked about the offenses and defenses for each side. Let's wrap up here by just getting one key to the game from each of you and maybe a prediction for what we think we're going to see Sunday. That key can be a, a specific player you're looking for or just sort of a matchup to watch. Please don't bash me for being an Iowa homer, guys. But for oh, me, we're gonna. <laughs> for me, it's George Kittle, um, tight end for San Francisco. And it might seem like how, how are you going to pick him as a, as a key player? He only has 35 yards so far through the first two playoff games. 
But again, kind of like Drew mentioned, they haven't had to throw the ball yet. They haven't had to show off, I think, the wrinkles that they might have that I believe that Kyle Shanahan has kind of in that back pocket on that play sheet. And I think it's going to be George Kittle. You know, Kansas City, has, as I mentioned, done a great job shutting opposing receivers down. But they allowed the third most production to tight ends, if you want to use fantasy values this year. So, and I know that's Drew's territory. Sorry, Drew. But um, <laughs> in terms of the tight end, they're giving it up to the tight ends this year, the Kansas City defense. And for my money, I mean, this is the first Super Bowl that we've had two tight ends have 1,000 yards receiving in the regular season this matchup. So, obviously, Kelsey's great. Kittle's great. I just think that if San Francisco is going to get the job done, which I believe they are, 34-31 San Francisco, I believe that it's going to come down to taking some of the underneath stuff in the passing game, and that's where George Kittle shines. So if I, if I have an X factor, it's going to be him and the yards after catch and what he's going to be able to do on the underneath and, and almost, in a sense, almost try to disembowel the Kansas City defense, gut him out from the inside with the run game and the underneath passing game. I think that Everything you just said is right. I think that Kansas City is definitely going to have a hard time matching up with Kittle, especially with the athleticism. And it's not just going to be underneath. Even on the outside, he's a problem. They, San Francisco's done a lot of that where they'll line him up either on the right or the left, although he does favor the left and just run him down the field. I think for Kansas City, the biggest key is going to be forcing the Niners to go away from the run game. If there is a team that is capable of keeping the ball away from Patrick Mahomes with ball control, it is the Niners specifically because of the way they run the ball. If you're Kansas City, you need to get them to go to the air, try to force some turnovers, and get the ball back to your offense. You can afford for San Francisco to score, but you can't afford for them to do an eight-and-a-half-minute drive. You can't afford to let them keep the ball for the entire first half and be down like they were against the Texans in that first-round playoff game that they played. It's really going to come down to making sure that Patrick Mahomes has the opportunities to win you the game because that is what is going to need to happen. So what's your official prediction? My official prediction is the Chiefs win. I think that the 49ers will be able to run the ball well early. I think that they might slow down Patrick Mahomes a little bit to start, but I think that before they get down too much, the Chiefs will come in with the offense. I'm going to take the Chiefs by a score of 45 to 38. So you're predicting an especially high-scoring matchup. I think I'm actually going to kind of go a little bit the other way. I think really what it comes down to is maybe this is oversimplification, but it's just talent. It's just overall talent on either side of the ball. I appreciate good coaching schemes as much as anybody. And, I, and again, like I had said, I think Lynch and Shanahan and even Garoppolo, they're building something in San Francisco that can be sustainable. Just don't know if this is the year that they finally get over that hump because the team on the other side of the ball is just so talented. And to their credit, they have a great scheme too. It's it, This is – taking nothing away from Mahomes or Reed. As you said earlier, that's a perfect matchup of the two. Mahomes is fantastic and especially somebody that can freelance and with the best of them. But Andy Reed also draws up an amazing offense that schemes people open just like Kyle Shanahan does. So I see the Chiefs winning this game. I'm going to go with 30-17. to 17. I think maybe the defenses – sometimes in Super Bowls we see with all the preparation, with all the hype, a little bit of a slow start. So maybe the first quarter is a little bit slower than we think, and then as they get into rhythm we see a little bit more scoring later in the game. I do enjoy defense as much as anybody, but I do feel like these teams owe us some points after last year's Super Bowl. I just want to throw that out there, too. So maybe this is just what I'm hoping for more than anything. And this is only the second time in Super Bowl history that you have a team who's led their conference in passing, like Kansas City did, and a team across from them led their conference in rushing San Francisco. So I definitely think there's going to be points as well. 
All right, that'll do it for this bonus episode of the Village's Daily Sun Sports Podcast. Just a reminder, you can find regular episodes of our show every Wednesday evening by visiting thevillagesdailysun.com slash podcasts. For Drew Shaltry, for Cody Hills, I'm Nick Feely. See you next week.